humanitarian access and a humanitarian corridor so that essential aid like food, fuel, and water can be delivered to civilians in Gaza. It is imperative that this happen. And the prime minister asking for uh, these corridors to be built. Will that happen? I don't know how it does at this point. Um, you know, President Biden's visit to Israel Wednesday uh, is certainly is a, a game changer. I don't know if this will stop the ground operation. I mean, Israel is all amassed on the troop on the uh, on the borders, southern uh, Gaza. Will they move or will they wait? I mean, it does give a little bit more time for the some two million Palestinian women and children on the ground who just can't get out, and they can't get out. I mean, Egypt won't let them in. Uh, Arab countries aren't letting them in. I don't think the corridors are possible, but uh, now they're running out of food and fuel and essentials. And so what is the situation on the ground as we kind of wait for whatever the next step is? Uh, Joe Beliveau is executive director of Doctors Without Borders joining us now. Good to have you. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me. What is the situation on the ground? I mean, this ground operation by Israel was supposed to start a couple of days ago, um, which would have given 24 hours to those trying to flee not enough time to get people out. Certainly, we've had a couple of more days. Has it helped at all get more people out? Well, I think, um, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, have tried to move from the north to the south. Um, but you know, maybe just to give a bit of a, a sense of things in, in the north, because I know that from, from the perspective of our staff, MSF or Doctors Without Borders uh, staff, um, you know, many have, have faced this, this just uh, terrible dilemma of, do they join a convoy and try to head down south where perhaps there's uh, some relative safety? We can come back to the situation in the south now because that's anything but uh, but but safe and secure um, uh, versus, uh, you know, be with their families and, and all that versus uh, staying to try to help as much as they can in these hospitals. Mm -hmm. And maybe just to describe a little bit the, the, the conditions in these hospitals, the way that uh, my colleagues are describing it. Um, first of all, you, you've just got a tremendous number of people. Uh, in, in the, the hospitals are overflowing mm -hmm. um, with uh, with patients uh, in need of wound care. Um, uh, not to mention, you know, people in chronic decision, uh, uh, chronic conditions, whether that's uh, diabetics or cancer patients or or that sort of thing. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, people who are trying to seek some kind of a safety on hospital grounds because they think that hospitals yeah. uh, might be safer places. Um, but we know mm -hmm. that, uh, that a number of hospitals have been uh, have been hit by airstrikes. Uh, two of the three hospitals that MSF supports have been hit by airstrikes. Um, so you've got uh, you know this 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 situation of just overwhelming numbers of people. We've run out of water. In the, in the hospitals now. So there's no clean water. Just imagine trying to run a hospital without water. Uh, in some of them, there's no power at all um, because the electricity, as you know, has been cut and the, and the fuel is, uh, is, run out or, is running out or has run out in, in some facilities. Consumables, there's no painkillers. So my colleagues have been des describing, you know, howls of pain uh, coming from, from the corridors because uh, we, can't even, we can't even give that uh, to people uh, in one hospital, this was yesterday, 150 uh, patients uh, sort of lined up in need of surgical intervention, mm -hmm. um, but there's not enough uh, There's not enough staff anymore. Uh, there's not enough uh, uh, medical supplies anymore. So, you know, it's uh, it, to say that it's dire in the, in the hospitals in, in the north is, uh, is probably a, a severe understatement. 
I mean, we haven't seen something like this in, in decades, you know, 60, 70 years. Um, and we know that Hamas will go into areas and allow people to become their shields. And so is there a concern for, you know, doctors who are on the ground there um, of being targeted? Are they able to get access to people to give them help? Yeah, this is, of course, a, you know, a huge part of this story, really, since uh, since uh, almost immediately with the bombing that's uh, that occurred in, in, in Gaza is that is there hasn't been. There haven't been steps by either warring party here uh, to ensure the the safety and security of of, of civilians of non-combatants. I think that's very obvious uh, in the situation of Hamas's uh, uh, attack in, in in Israel. The the the, the retaliatory attacks in the, in Gaza also have have not distinguished between combatants and non-combatants, which is the fundamental uh, requirement of the Geneva Conventions or international humanitarian law. And so this. Um, this notion of of, of, of safety of uh, uh, there there is just no safe place to go, and right. so our staff, uh, family members have been affected. Um, one of our surgeons, we've lost one of our surgeons who uh, a few nights ago went to be with his family to take a brief respite. You know, working round the clock uh, in in the hospitals, take a brief respite. Uh, his home was uh, was hit by uh, by a bomb, and we lost uh, him and and his family. So. Uh, and then on top of all this, the, the the siege warfare, you know, you referred off the top to the humanitarian supplies, the food, the water, uh, the fuel, the the medical supplies. We just haven't been able to get anything uh, whatsoever uh, in into the country. Uh, and so hence the situation of just just running out of everything. Water, uh, you know, now maybe down on even in the in, in the south where uh, many people have been gathering, uh, as you know, including uh, many MSF uh, staff as well. And uh, one colleague was just describing how he uh, wants to respond. He wants to help people. He's a, he's a you know has medical uh, skills, but had to spend hours just looking for drinking water right. for his own family. Right. You know? Which which without clean drinking water, like the ba- you can survive off of clean drinking water for a long time, but dirty water is a breeding of germs and disease, and so that can uh, create a whole other catastrophe. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 48 hours. I mean, it's just one of those time periods where every move counts um, and where this goes. But one of the big frustrations, I think, from watching on the outside looking in is, you know, Egypt not allowing people to cross. I think the time for quarters would have been sooner than this. And yet the Arab countries around don't help. Would it help at all at this point or is it too late? Yes, I'm, I'm following the, the, these kind of high-level negotiations yeah. as, as you are and everybody is, and it's uh, it's extremely frustrating to see just how these bargaining chips are going back and forth. I mean, the reality is that uh, that there's thousands, if, if not hundreds of thousands of people that just, you know, that, that need to, to get out uh, and, and to find relative uh, safety. Uh, one of my colleagues was just describing how uh, he had joined one of these colleagues, co- uh, convoys coming from the, the northern part down to the southern part of Gaza, and uh, and they just sort of arrived at a school complex and just were putting you know mattresses anywhere in stairwells outside, um, and still in the background hearing the bombs uh, dropping even in the south. And so this intense uh, feeling uh, that there's no safe place to go and there's no adequate access to you know the very basics uh, necessary for for survival. So yes, we need uh, we absolutely need that border. Uh, to be opened up to get people out, and uh, if uh, as critically, if not more critically, uh, in order to get the flow of of goods uh, in as well. Yeah, um, I, dire would be, I think, one word. But uh, ultimately, it's the children, uh, the really innocents, that get caught in the crosshair on both sides of this, and so it's a 
a lose-lose um, at this point. What happens, um, just before I let you go, Joe, what happens when the ground offensive, if it does go? I don't think there's going to be a ceasefire. Uh, I don't know what Joe Biden will be coming away from tomorrow, so we'll have to wait and see. But if the ground troops move in, are you able to treat people? Are your, are your people able to treat people on the ground, or does that change everything? Maybe just first on the children. You mentioned the children, and uh, indeed uh, a huge number of the casualties and the injured that have come into the hospitals in northern Gaza, just an alarming number have been uh, children. Um, the the morgues in the in the hospitals I didn't mention that earlier but are just overflowing with uh, with bodies uh, that haven't been uh, properly buried many of those are, are children's bodies so with the um, with the pending our our teams are the people who are who are still in the north and uh, still doing their best to provide some measure of you know human humanitarian uh, assistance and medical care are terrified you know the the prospect of this uh, ground invasion now. The implication with the order to evacuate is that anybody uh, left behind would be uh, considered a, a legitimate uh, target. And so some have made this, this really horrifying choice uh, to, to stay behind anyway, because there are wounded patients and sick people and uh, elderly and people who just can't move and, and people feel solidarity. So many have stayed, uh, but they're terrified because, uh, because of this implication of uh, uh, of what a ground offensive uh, could mean, uh, you know, door to door, hospital to hospital. Uh, we've had our, you know, the, the military has has informed us in uh, us and other medics in hospitals uh, that they have to get out of hospitals, that hospitals are not considered uh, uh, safe spaces, which according to the Geneva Conventions, of course, they very much are. But um, unless, yeah. you're, unless you're fighting terrorists and then they don't have rules, that's. One of the many, many challenges. Um, Joe, I appreciate you chatting. We'll certainly continue following this because it is a, a major part of this um, particular situation. And I appreciate you giving us a, a view of the ground and some of the challenges, which are many. Sure thing. Thanks for having me, Alex. Appreciate it. That's uh, Joe Beliveau, who is the executive director of uh, Doctors Without Borders. I mean, a number of journalists already killed. And so if this gets into a ground incursion, it becomes much more dangerous. And again, Hamas uses things like hospitals and schools as their offices, and so they do become targets.